Good evening and welcome to the Overtime Heroics Baseball Podcast, Cheap Seats Chatter. I'm today's host, Matthias Altman-Kurosaki, and with me, as always, we have Alex Clark and Ryan Splash Potts. Gentlemen, first things first, as always, how are we doing on this fine Friday evening? We're doing, you know, just all fine. And Danny, over here on the, on the West Coast, we actually have some good weather for once. So that's fun. It got to nearly 70 degrees here, which is always fun during my lunch break at work. Actually, instead of going and eating today, we went through the football round. That was uh, that was actually a really good time. So I'm in a fantastic mood today, even though one of the things we're going to talk about later still has me angry. Yeah, I think everything is going well down here in Tucson. Uh, the Braves finally had an off day yesterday. They get to play the Marlins right now. Kyle Wright is dealing six strikeouts to three frames. Um, so you love to see that my fantasy teams are getting absolutely whacked, but you know, other than that, life is going well, uh, uh, two days or two weeks from now, three weeks from now, I will be graduating right now, actually. So exciting times all around. Congrats. congrats. That, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And I, that's I something remember, that people don't get to, a lot of people don't get to say that. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, I remember when, uh, when I went through that last year and if you wouldn't believe it, uh, in, I guess it's, Three weeks from tomorrow would be my commencement for my master's program. So uh, a lot, lot, lot of stuff going on. Uh, it's actually getting warmer again in, in Syracuse. So it's funny. My birthday was this past week, uh, this past Monday, and it snowed overnight. And we got four inches of snow, which I think it's the first time ever that it snowed on my birthday or the day after my birthday, which is ridiculous if you ask me. So the snow came, yes, but overall, it's been a solid week. I've been very productive, been very busy with stuff. So, yeah, that's that's how it's hanging up here uh, in upstate New York. But one thing that's been getting me pretty excited, and we will open the show with this, the New York Mets are the best team in baseball as of right now, record-wise. They are 10-4. and four leading the NL East by four games already, the only team in the NL East with a record above 500, the only team in baseball with 10 wins. They are outscoring opponents 67 to 37 this year. The starting pitching has been fantastic. You know, no Jacob DeGrom, no problem thus far. Team ERA of 2.52. The starters ERA is around two, maybe a little lower now. The bullpen's been a little bit of a weakness, but the offense also has been great, especially with two outs and especially with runners in scoring position, which is rare to say uh, this team has scored the most runs in the NL allowed the second fewest guys. What are we thinking about the Mets thus far? Okay. So I don't mean to like rain on your parade or anything, but I do want to throw out that we are so early in the season that the Colorado Rockies currently have the third best record in baseball. So like, congratulations to your Metropolitans. Thank you, Carlos Carrasco for being like a God in fantasy. Um, I would say thank you to Chris Bassett, but he laid an egg for me this week. So I'm annoyed at him. Shout out Tyler McGill. He's now Jacob DeGrom apparently. Um, so good job Mets also Francisco Lindor is like top 10 in war so that's cool good job buddy um, so yeah congratulations to the Mets um, yes I would imagine that the Braves do not finish below 500 this year though so I think that that gap there is gonna uh, decrease over time but hot start for the Mets um, you know it's good for baseball that the Mets are good not good for me, but good for good for baseball that the Mets are good. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now when it comes to the Mets. I mean, I, I'll always have a bit of a soft spot for the team because of the color scheme and because of Mac. But um, I, what I like about this right now is that it's showing that the moves that they made at the beginning of at during the offseason and before the lockout and all. Kind of moves you expect to be at that level, and they are, which is fantastic to see, especially in a game like baseball where there is so much parity, and what people seem to forget is that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Freaking out about a small sample size of games is something that's very common, but something that needs to be much more just kind of taken into the back seats. Um, I think right now that when it comes to the, your team right now, like it's always good to savor in it. Like, go ahead, savor in it. But 
we also know that it could very well go down. We also know that, you know, the Braves could go on a major tear throughout the last few months of the season or in the World Series. We also know that the Yankees could somehow find a way to completely revitalize from the dead and do amazing things. And we also know that the Seattle, the Oakland Athletics could somehow have less than 4,000 fans in the stands each game. So anything can happen in baseball is what I'm saying. But right now it's always good. It's always good to save early Senate because it's showing that the team is doing well and it gives a decent precursor for going forward in the season. You know, that's the thing is that normally at this point of the year, you know, especially as Mets fans, I mean, we're so used to, you know, things going poorly that, you know, coming into this week, they had faced the Nationals, the Phillies, and the D-backs. All right, the Phillies are all right. The Nationals and D-backs are teams that are projected to lose 100-plus games. Then it was the first real test this week. You know, can you beat a a pretty good team in the Giants? I think the Giants are, once again, a threat in the National League. And the Mets took three out of four from them. And I remember in game one of that series, they were down four to one and they came back and won on a walk-off by Francisco Lindor, who has been outstanding in the early part of the season. I mean, the guy last year, Francisco Lindor's batting average never went above 250. This year, he's sitting 308 with an OPS over a thousand. He has four homers already. It took him until almost the end of May to hit four homers last year. So he's he's come on firing. Pete Alonso has 14 RBIs already. Starling Marte has 11. Marte, his bat is sort of getting going. You're seeing signs that he's coming back. Uh, Brandon Nimmo has been great. Jeff McNeil's looked almost like himself. Uh, Eduardo Escobar has been great, too. The With the exception of James McCann, they're – isn't much to not like about the Mets offense thus far this year, which is great. And I mean, JD Davis struggles to hit fastballs, but other than that, it's been fun to watch the, the starting pitching has been fantastic. As I mentioned earlier, you're going with David Peterson tonight because Tywan Walker's hurt. But I mean, even without Walker, I mean, Peterson pitched great. Uh, Carrasco has been great thus far. Chris Bassett, other than his one start against the Giants, which he really didn't pitch that poorly in my opinion. He, Finished with three strong innings, and also he allowed a lot of soft hits other than the Brandon Belt home run. Uh, Scherzer was fantastic against the Giants. I mean, taking a no-hitter into the sixth inning and striking out 10. Uh, Tyler McGill, you know, that's the thing is that McGill allowed those four runs mainly on a lot of soft hits, and then he settled down and kept the team in the game. And what do you know? They hung on and won. Uh, the bullpen, Drew Smith has been great. Edwin Diaz has been great. So has Jason Shreve. A little concerned about Joely Rodriguez and Seth Lugo, but I think I think the bullpen will be there eventually. It sounds like Trevor Williams might start for McGill tomorrow since will uh, since McGill had to start a day later due to the rain out. So overall, I mean, it's an exciting time to be a Met fan. I think I don't know if they're going to be, you know, I I want to believe that they will continue to play this well. Obviously, every team will go through a cold stretch. Every team will go through a hot stretch. So. We will see what happens. It is the 162-game season, so we will see. Uh, any, any other thoughts on the Mets before we move on? Yeah, I want to touch on how effective the offense has been. So currently the Mets are third in baseball and batting average, leading baseball and on base percentage. They have the same slugging percentage as the solo home run merchants known as the Atlanta Braves. I'll get back to that in a second. Mets are fifth in OPS, third in OPS, are tied for second in OPS+. Plus. This is a really impressive performance. You know, they are uh, tied for the major league lead in steals, uh, tied for third in the majors in walks. They aren't striking. They have a below league average strikeout rate. Um, and and a major league, uh, the majors right now, the average OPS is 677. The Mets have a team OPS of 755. Very good. Um, comparatively speaking. And then when you factor in that you play in a dead ball era ballpark, everything looks even better. So the hot start for the Mets, you know, 20 doubles, 14 home runs, which is uh, the third most in baseball, 120 hits leads the majors. So great start for the Mets. And a fun fact for the Braves, uh, their last 15 home runs have been solo home runs. That's honestly impressive. I, I was about to say the same thing. That's impressive. It's very annoying. Albeit yeah. a bit sad, but impressive. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it happens when you're on base percentage is just 309 as a team, which is granted that's, above the major league uh, average right now. Yeah. I think that's what we, uh, those solo home runs, uh, you know, in, in New York, we almost call that the Lucas Duda special because Lucas Duda was known for hitting solo home runs when the team was down a lot. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, what we have. Uh, so we, we do have one segment. I'm going to throw it to splash here, uh, to explain what it is. Uh, any, any other thoughts on the season before we move on to what splash has present, uh, for us. What is the vendetta on Julio Rodriguez MLB umpires? The world may never know. So, okay, real quick. And this is going to be probably a little out of character for me, at least on this. Because I, for those that have listened to the show well, you guys know a lot of times I'm very, like, in favor of the umpires. I know how hard that job is. I've been an umpire myself. Yeah, I've done it for 14 years. Like, I normally don't hate on the re- on the umpires because of how hard that job is. What I am seeing when Julio Rodriguez steps up to the plate is nothing short of what the hell. I'm looking at this and I'm on Fangraphs at this exact moment right now where they have a pitch breakdown of all of the strikeouts that Julio has had that were not strikes. Of this, do you want to take a guess how many of them? Like, I'll I'll tell you, it's between one and ten. How many times this season he has struck out on a pitch that was outside or inside or not in the zone? Just take a quick guess without looking for me. Can we go okay. ten? Fifteen. I said between one and ten. Good listening, splash. Oh. But um, close. Well, I mean, fifteen is between one and ten. No. I mean, okay. My apologies. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, I love you. Um, no, um, it's eight. But it's astounding to see what these are. Only one of those eight pitches even touched the zone. Like, and a lot of times I know the rule book says, "Yep, that's a strike." And I'll, and I'll, you know, what? I'll give that one. But that was on a high sinker. Everything else. From cutters, fastballs, sliders, curveballs, other sinkers, all were at like all did not touch the strike zone. And a lot of these are full ball widths away from the zone. Like, if you're trying to promote at least some level of patience at the plates, or if you're trying to promote some level of being able to say, okay, don't just free swing at everything. It's so hard to do that when people are not calling it that way. And when you're at that two strike count and you're like, okay, it's a two and two count. I need to get ahead in this, or I need to at least work it full. So then the pitch was also struggling and you see a pitch that is outside and leave it and then get getting rung on, up on it. Not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, but five times this season. Mind you, we are not even a that we're not even a full month in the season yet, and already eight times this season, a young rookie that is doing I think decently well. The batting average does not show it. The stats don't show it, in my opinion. But when you're scared at that every pitch is going to be called a strike when it isn't, then that's going to that's going to mess with you a little bit. And he's doing a really good job about trying to stay patient. He actually had an interview a little bit ago saying that, you know, I just hope that the luck turns around. I'm going to keep on my approach and I'm going to keep, you know, being patient and not just free swing at everything. Then it's got to turn around at some point, right? Like, I know I probably sound like the angry Homer right now, but I mean, I'm looking at this and it just aggravates me because on top of it, there's another stat we may talk about later. I don't know if it's part of your segment or not, but Julio Rodriguez is tied for the league lead in strikeouts and eight of those strikeouts weren't even in the zone when it was called strike three. Like, I just feel like that's a problem, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it's not good because also that means if he knows that uh, – that those pitchers are going to get the outside edge, then it means also he's going to start chasing more. And that's, that's not something you want. I get, you know, I remember when I played little league baseball, they would sometimes start calling pitches 
out of the zone just so that the batters would start swinging more. Maybe they just wanted the games to speed up. This is the major leagues. Like, there's no need to do that. Players chasing up on their own already. But, like, if they do that, it's like, all right, you're just kind of adding fuel to the fire now. So that's my two cents on the situation. (laughs) I mean, I will say that. Let me add on one thing to that, if you don't mind. Sorry, I apologize. I just want to add on one thing with that. Speaking as an umpire, one of the other things that you're taught, that umpires are taught, is even if you don't have the strike zone exactly right, be consistent about it. So then the hitters and the pitchers can adjust for that. And then it, it still becomes a fair game at that point. The problem I've seen with a lot of these is that a lot of those strikes are not called strikes on a lot of other people. So not only are we dealing with people not with umpires not knowing the zone, but now we're dealing with consistency issues as well. So, okay, I apologize for interrupting you, Splash. I just wanted to get that point out there. No, yeah, no problem. Uh, I will say that neither of you have to deal with Dansby Swanson on your team right now. So <laughs> maybe, maybe you should get bigger fish to fry. Uh, I, I think Dansby may have just swung and missed at a pitch while we were having this conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, Swanson, I don't know what's going on with Swanson right now. It's, it's a little disappointing. But anyways, uh, Splash, uh, I'll give you the, uh, the floor now because you're going to walk us through your segment uh, higher or lower. Yes, sir. Welcome in, everyone. This is Higher or Lower. I am your host, Splash. We are joined with Mac and Alex today. We have two categories. We have current players and we have historic players. So I'm going to walk through how this works. So for the current player category, these are uh, some questions. I will give you a stat. I will give you two players. You tell me who's higher. You tell me who's lower. Uh, If it's like ERA, obviously you want to be lower. If it's uh, a cumulative batting stat you want to be higher so your goal is to pick the correct player if you do so you earn a point however you can also pass and make your opponent guess if you don't think you know the answer you can pass and you can try to get a point because your opponent misses it so uh current players that is 2022 season only so for example uh who has more hits this year cj crone or fernando tatis jr CJ Chrome because Tatis has zero. If you say yeah, Chrome, you get a point. Say, yeah. If you say Tatis, your opponent gets a point. Uh, for historic, these are 2022 beyond. Uh, I only have, I don't have any active players uh, in the historic category, but if I did, it would be their career stats, right? So it would be who has more hits, Miguel Cabrera or literally anyone in baseball besides Albert Pujols. The correct answer would be Miguel Cabrera because Maybe not this year, but for his career, he has more hits. So, Mac and Alex, I'm going to uh, flip heads or tails on my phone. One of you, please call it. Tails. Okay. Flip a coin. Uh, Cannot see it as far as your background. <laughs> I am trying to figure that out. Ah. Uh, Okay, it's tails. Cool. So I get to choose whether or not I want to go first or second? Yes, yes. You can yep. choose if you'd like to go first or second. Go first. Okay. Uh, Show a level like, of confidence I don't have. You like a current player or a historic player? Oh, like current, please. Okay. Pitcher or hitter? Hitter. Okay. Who has more hits right now? Freddie Freeman or Pete Alonzo? Freddie Freeman. That is correct. All right, Alex, no. your turn again. Current oh, or it, historic? Oh, it keeps going until I lose? Yes. Or you oh, can pass. You can pass. Horrid. If you don't know the answer, you can pass. Oh, horror. Let's go historic. Okay. Batter or pitcher? Batter. Okay. Uh, in a battle of former Royals and former Yankees that played between 1995 and 2020, who has more hits, Carlos Beltran or Johnny Damon? Ultron. Uh, Johnny Damon would be the correct answer. So Mac God, gets the point and he gets control of the board. Current or historic player there, Mac? Let's go historic. All right. Batter or pitcher? Give me a pitcher. Okay. In a battle of players named Bob, who has more wins? Bob Gibson or Bob Feller? It's a tough one. 
We can go Bob Gibson. Uh, Bob Feller is the correct answer. What? Alex, your point. And Alex, you have control of the board. All right, let's bring back to let's bring her back to reality to the to the present here. All right, batter or pitcher? Let's go pitcher this time. All right, in the battle of players named Gray, who has more strikeouts, Josiah Gray or John Gray? Ooh, we're gonna go John Gray. It is Josiah Gray of the Washington oh, Nationals. Matt, John Gray's injured right now. Board. Is he really? Yeah, Josiah Gray, by the way, uh, New York legend, uh, D two college legend also uh from nearby lemoyne college uh anyway uh let's go current all right pitcher or hitter i'll go another pitcher all right in a battle of former cy young award winners who has the lower era right now zach granke or corbin burns gonna go with granke zach granke is correct mac you're coming in uh let's go historic Give me, uh, give me a hitter. Pitcher or hitter? Hitter. Okay. Uh, in a battle of Braves pitchers, who had more career doubles as a hitter, John Smoltz or Tom Glavin? What? <laughs> um, give give fun, me Glavin. Remember, Glavin. you can you can pass if you'd like. You can pass if I, you'd like. I'm, I'm going. I'm going Glavin. Uh, the correct answer is John Smoltz. Barely what? though. Yeah. I know Glavin hit a homer in his career, so that's why I guess that. Here's the thing. If I was really playing smart, I'd be passing on nearly every one of these times. I don't feel confident. I always feel it's more fun, though, to answer no matter what, because I'm not backing down. I ain't, I ain't scared. Well, you're, you shouldn't be scared now. Your choice, current Heck or historic? Yeah. Let's go current. Okay. Batter Hitters. or pitcher? Okay. Hitters. What Astro shortstop, current or past, has more doubles? Carlos Correa or Jeremy Pena? Oh, Pena. Correct. He actually right. just had a uh, top stout card, and that will be the show for his right. for that very purpose. Um, right. We're going to stay, you know, it's, it's, it's the only one I've gotten right so far. Only categories are staying real and hitter. All right. And uh, modern and hitter. Okay. Uh, in a battle of National League Central outfielders, who has more home runs, Brian Reynolds or Christian Yelich? Yelly. The correct answer is Brian Reynolds. Ah, dang it. Mac, your turn. Let's go historic. Pitcher or hitter? Pitcher. Okay, had to do it to you. Which Hall of Fame hitter has more strikeouts on the mound? Ted Williams or Wade Boggs? Yeah, I'm passing on this one. (laughs) I think I actually do know this. I think it's uh, Boggs. Boggs is correct. Yes, I actually saw a clip of this recently. Ted Williams has won. (laughs) I saw this on. on, uh, I actually just saw it on uh, Facebook a little bit recently. They're talking about position players pitching. Let's go, (laughs) Alex. Your turn again. Historic hitters. Let's go. Okay, Uh, in a battle of Hall of Fame hitters that played for one franchise, who has more triples, Roberto Clemente or Lou Gehrig? Ooh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go. It feels like it's almost more fun to go with the answer that I don't think it is because I feel like that's gonna do better. So I'm gonna go Garrick. The correct answer is Roberto Clemente. Dang it! I thought they were <laughs> very close to each other. Mac, your turn, sir. All right, let's go current and give me a pitcher. All right, which American League Central closer has more saves? Gregory Soto or Emmanuel Classe? Soto. That is correct. Yeah. All right, let's go historic and give me a hitter. Okay. Which Hall of Fame shortstop has more home runs? Derek Jeter or Robin Yount? Oh, that's a tough one. Man, I am going to say it is Derek Jeter. Mr. November is the correct answer. Mac, let's go going for three in a row. All right, let's go. All right, can, we get, can we get a, can we get a Wait, score what? update? Yeah, what's the uh, score update? Yes, uh, let me. And how many of these did you create? Because I don't uh, know how high we're I made, playing to. I made 20. So Mac All leads right, seven to five right now. All right, sweet. All right, so let's give me a, give me a uh, 
historic and give me a picture. All right. In a battle of um, in a battle of Hall of Fame pitchers, who has the lower career ERA? Greg Maddox or Nolan Ryan? Oh, I think I know this one. It is I it's Maddox. Maddox is correct. 3.16 Nolan Ryan with a 3.19. Mac, your turn again. I I believe Ryan's FIP is lower. Um, I'm going to go historic uh, hitter. All right. In a battle of turn of the decade base stealers, who has more steals, Michael Bourne or Jacoby Ellsbury? That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Bourne. The correct answer is Jacoby Ellsbury. Alex, what? you're back on the clock. I'm on the clock here with the 2022 pick now of this game of higher low. I'm going with a modern pitcher. All right, modern pitcher. In a battle of p- pitchers that switch leagues this offseason, who has more innings pitched, Carlos Rodon or Kevin Gossman? Oh. I'm going to go Gaussman. Gossman is correct. He had uh, eight innings the other day. Um, Nice. Rodon's been, you know, good, but not going as deep in games as Gossman. All right, Alex, you are back on the clock. Uh, Let's go with modern hitters. Okay, modern hitters. And a battle of angels outfielders with a big old asterisk next to the word outfielder. Who has more stolen bases, Joe Adele or Shohei Otani? Oh, I'm going to say, ooh, that's actually a tough one. I'm going to say that it is um, Adele. The correct answer is Shohei Otani. So I'll say what my thinking was, at least on that, is that he went on a little bit of a slump where he was just hitting dingers but nothing else, then gave CPR to his bat and became great again. So that was kind of what I thought it was like maybe during that time. So, yeah. All right, Mac, your turn. All right. Um, let's go historic and give me a hitter. Okay. We are out of historic hitters. All right. So give me a historic pitcher. Huh? Okay. In a battle of 20 or in the battle of 2000s National League West closers, who had more saves, Brian Wilson or Heath Bell? I'm going to go with – wait, I'm trying to think here. So I can't remember how long Wilson was a closer. Okay, I think he was four years. Bell was four. They were both for like four years. I'm going with Bell just because of longevity. The correct answer is Brian Wilson. What? I, I would have 100% gone with Bell, too, so I I'm, yeah. I feel sorry for you, man. Yeah, and I, I will say that all of these are close. It's not like I'm comparing, like, Barry Bonds to, like, uh, Richie Ashton or anything, or Ozzy Smith, right? Okay. Alex, right, what categories are left that we have You left? have a current hitter, a current pitcher, and a current or a historic pitcher. Let's get the hitter out of the way. Hit, current all right. Hitter. In a battle of players that I like a lot because they have the same last initial as I do, who has more barrels this season? Christian well, Pache? Barrels. Oh. Statcast stat. Oh, who has more okay. barrels? Christian Pache or Jerickson Profar? Um, you said barrels. The first thing I thought about was Mario baseball, the barrel smashing <laughs> mini game. And I thought that now that just made an amazing image ahead of both of them going into like a Thunderdome arena and to go and play and just smash barrels and baseball bats. Um, I'm going to go with Pache. That is correct. Christian Pache is correct. He also cool. uh, leads, leads uh, all outfielders with outs above average, I believe. All right, let's all right. go historic pitchers then. All right. Who has which Hall of Fame closer and member of the 600 Save Club has more Cy Young Award shares? Trevor Hoffman or Mariano Rivera? Oh, crap. Um, (sighs) 
I'm going to pass this one to Mac. All right, Mac. At a battle of Hall of Fame closers and members of the 600 Save Club, who has more Cy Young Award chairs, Trevor Hoffman or Mariano Rivera? That's a tough one because I know there was one year where Hoffman got second, but he had more first place votes. Uh, wait, what? Define Cy Young win share. Like, okay. So um, if you win an award unanimously, you get one full share. Um, otherwise, it's broken up. So let's say you get 80% of the vote and then the other person gets 20% of the vote. Then the person that gets 80% of the vote gets 0.8 win shares right so for example like lamar jackson winning the mvp unanimously he got 1.00 mvp shares um but there are some cy youngs in history that have had like 0.47 cy young shares or when blake snell like like blake snell won the cy young but he's under one because he wasn't unanimous and wasn't particularly like cy young cy youngy in any other season so it's essentially like okay. cumulative percentage of votes. Cumulative ten percent one year, twelve percent one year, twenty percent one year, so on and so forth. Ah uh, man, because of that, I'm going to go with Rivera. The correct answer is Trevor Hoffman. God, oh. zero point zero three. I second guess myself there. That's ridiculous. All right, Alex. All right, before I do the final, before I do the final question. Uh-huh. I would like to know the scores. So okay. I know the stakes. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Okay. So it is. <laughs> math, 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 math. You're supposed to be the math guy, man. Come on. Oh, I... <laughs> uh, okay. So <laughs> Alex, you have 10 points. Mac, you have nine points. So, oh, so it does come down to this yeah, last this, question. This, it does come down to the wire here. So, so here's here's the thing though, if I if I get it right, I outright win. Yes. If I get it wrong, tie or pass to Mac and he gets it right. Yes. Then it's a tie, and we have to figure out who, how to break the tie. Yeah, I, I can look up. Um, okay. I can look up something to. All right. Well, let's let's hear the final question then. So this is historic right. pitchers, right? Uh, this is active or oh, current mo- pitchers. modern pitchers. Yeah, modern current pitchers. pitchers. All okay. right. Which American League East starter, fireballer, if you will, has the highest average fastball velocity this season? Four-seam fastball, fastball velocity this season. Shane McClanahan or Nate Eovaldi? Okay, I'm going to take the answer on this one because it was the first thing that popped into my head, and I'm going to go with Nathan Eovaldi. We have a tie game, ladies and gentlemen. Dang it! The correct, oh! <laughs> the correct answer I, I, is Shane McClanahan. I yeah I I had a feeling it was McClanahan just because I feel like he throws he throws fewer innings than Eovaldi too I feel like so it's kind of easier for his fastball velocity to be higher and I think he just overall throws harder than Eovaldi on all pitches so so I'm gonna be real I just went against my own rule of uh, whatever I think my actual answer would be I take the reverse. So I went against that rule on this one. So that's why I lost the game. Well, I tied the game at least. Yes. Okay. Uh, I am currently uh, searching for a question okay. to use. I'll tell you what, if you, while you're doing that, I actually have a topic we can bring up for just a moment here. We, we okay. briefly touched on it a moment ago and I'm, I'm sorry for kind of doing a little bit of an audible here. That's uh, fine. But, you're good. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is now at 2,999 career hits, one away yes. from 3K. That's extremely impressive. I just, like, when is he going to get that last hit? When I know there was the whole story about uh, him with the Yankees and in the, his last at-bat against them, they intentionally walked him and all that fun stuff. Plus also the interview where he got three hits in the one game and they asked, how do you feel? And he goes, I don't care about it. We lost where you want it. And which again, ultimate baller move, but we know it's going to happen. It's just about, it's a matter of when, not if. I feel um, like it could, it could be this weekend against the Rockies. I think, I, th- it's I, think I think, I think it will be. I honestly I was thought it was going to be predicting yesterday. today, but uh, then the game got rained out. Uh, I was wondering, cause I was like, wow, the game hasn't started. I, it's in Detroit, right? Yes. 
Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. I know it's raining in Colorado, too, so. All right, uh, Splash, do you have a tiebreaker for us? Yes, yes, I do. All right. <clears throat> he is a player. Mac, I believe. Yes, Mac, all the marbles are in your hands. All right, I'm going to – I chose a player that uh, played with both the Mariners and the Mets. This is a little bit of a – like a, a mixed question. Oh, it's Paul Sewell. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> In Edwin Diaz's career. Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. In Edwin Diaz's career, who does he have more bulks with? The New York Mets or the Seattle Mariners? More bulks? Yes. He's he's never bulked with the Mets. (laughs) So it's the Mariners. Well, that, okay. Well, uh, the, Answer is correct, but he, he does have one balk with the Mets. What did he balk with the Mets? Uh, 2021. I do not remember that. Uh, but, yeah, the the answer was the Mariners, I have a feeling. Which, to be fair, I don't remember him actually ever balking with the Mariners. but He did uh, once a season for three years in a row. Got it. I mean, that, that's one of those stats where I feel like nobody keeps track of, really. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, although I do remember when Mike Pelfrey – in 2009, he had a game where he balked three times against the Giants in San Francisco. That was, Jeez. yeah, oh, that man. was that was a weird one. He like kept like falling off the mound and stuff. That was weird. Uh, wow. Okay, so I win then. Uh, I will. I will give. Or does, Al- uh, or does Al- Alex get a chance to respond? I will give Alex a chance to tie here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right, if you got you got it ready, or do I need to talk for a second? Uh, I believe I have it ready. Yes. Okay. okay. And another player that played for both the Mariners and the Mets, Cy Young Award winner R.A. Dickey. Oh God. Okay, Alex. Okay. Yeah. For which team, Mariners or Mets, did he have a season with his most intentional walks allowed? Mariners or Mets? So that's tough, actually. And it's one season, right? Yeah, one season. Okay. So, it was actually not his most intentional walks. He had a season with Texas that he had more, but the second most walks in a season in his career came with either the Mariners or the Mariners. And it was intentional or unintentional walks? Intentional walks. Okay. IBBs. IBBs. IBB. Um so my here's my logic and this is why i'm kind of like going back and forth here with the mets he was a bigger deal with seattle he wasn't he was again kind of um sorry to say this but a bit of a bum and then went to you know toronto did his thing there and then the mets um i'm sorry mets then toronto might be um you know what my gut is telling me Mets, so I'm going to say Mariners. Mariners is correct. He had four <laughs> intentional walks in 2008. His career high with the Mets was three. Okay, this I is why to... you go against your gut, people. I, I <laughs> oh to, my god! Okay. I need to think of something outside the box. Stall for a moment. Okay, so yeah, real. So unless you have a story here. Uh no okay no um I was, I was gonna do a joke about uh MLB the show for a second yeah but no like this baseball season has already gotten to such a weird start and it feels it's in a weird start because it almost feels so normal compared to last year's start remember last year's start we had so many no hitters in the beginning of the season like we kept talking about how eight by it was, May or something like it yeah was it was going. Ridiculous. Which I don't think we ha- we've had a no hitter yet. We almost had a perfect game, Clayton Kershaw and uh, Dave Roberts. Which do we want to talk about that? Like, well, I, the thing with that was okay. So on one hand, I'm like, wow, that's you know, it's kind of annoying that he had to take he took Kershaw out with seven perfect innings and 13 strikeouts, but at the same time. You got to remember that Kershaw is coming back from injury this year and he's, mm-hmm. he's 34 now and you know, his health has been in decline for a while. So yeah. I sort of understand why he got pulled. I mean, yeah. for, obviously it, we haven't had a perfect game since 2012, 
I just uh, it's a it's a tough one, but I think I I think that's I that's it's reasonable. So my take on it here is that I think that Kershaw definitely had a say in it. A lot of people are saying that Kershaw did not have a say at all. Um, I think he de- I think he there he definitely did because if you're Clayton Kershaw, you get to have your word known. You're Clayton freaking Kershaw. I don't think it was just Dave Roberts. I think though what you said is extremely accurate. That um, he's Kershaw's getting up there in age. He also is you know coming off of injury. Are you going to sacrifice like your an entire season potentially, or risk even bigger injury for? a potential chance at history. And even then, if you felt like you couldn't do it, then you're, then you're the one that's going to be making that decision. And you're the one that if you tried to push through it, when you knew you couldn't do it, then at the end of the day, you're the one that's injured and you're the one that doesn't have a perfect game. So I don't, a lot of people are giving Roberts a lot of flack. I give him flack for a lot of reasons. That's not one of them though. Because I think that this was a joint decision by the two of them. Because Kershaw, if Kershaw really was bad about it, he would have said something about it by now, and he didn't. So, you know, I'm I'm okay with it. I was definitely surprised by it, but I do think that all the hate for Roberts on that is unjustified. Okay, I have found my question. Okay, you right. may need more of them. Okay, <laughs> uh, no, this is this is a both of you will answer. I will tell you a stat. You give me a guess of where, how many that stat is, like how large that stat is. Closest one wins. Okay. Okay. Alex wins. Got it. (laughs) Alex, because you won the, uh, got, you know, the honor of going first, you will get the first guess here. So you can play it strategically if you want or whatever, or if you'd like, you can take a second guess up to you. You have your option. First guess. Are we doing? Guess? Are we doing? Are we doing prices right? Where if you go over, then it's an overbid, and then uh, uh, no, <laughs> you do the one dollar. Closest one wins. Closest Dang one wins. It. Okay, I want to do the one dollar. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's hear it. Uh, would you like to guess first or second? Oh, I want to go second. Okay. <clears throat> All right. This former outfielder, born in Japan, and now the current manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dave Roberts. <laughs> I would like you to guess his career number of hits. Mac, you're first. That is a tough one because I know he wasn't always an everyday player. I will go with yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. Can we go with 950. 950. All right. Alex, your guess. So this is why I wanted to go second is because if when it's closer, I just have to go one either higher or lower than Mac to then get the dub. But it's about, do I think, so basically now I'm playing my own little game of high or low. It's do I mm-hmm. think Mac's guess is high of the actual answer or low? And I'm going to say that it is high. So I'm going to guess he said 950. I'm going to do 949. And that means, Alex, you have won the inaugural game of higher low. Uh, Dave Roberts has 721 career hits. What? Yep. His That's... career best was 146 as a member of the Padres in 2006. He had four seasons with 100 hits, had a season with 97, um, had 273 career hits with the Dodgers. There you go. Let's, okay. I remember I remember him later in his career. I remember watching him when he was with the Padres and with the Giants, and obviously everyone remembers his Red Sox tenure for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. I mean, kind of – I feel like every baseball fan has to know about Dave Roberts on the Red Sox. Um, mm-hmm. So, wow. Well, there you have it. That's higher or lower. I mean, uh, yeah. thank you, Splash, for uh, bringing that on because I, I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, good job, Alex. I will not let you get away with that next time. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, next time i'll come up with a better like tiebreaker system maybe we can do i'll do like a like a bonus cat or like a, a fifth category so we have an odd number of questions like i don't know negro league stuff or playoff stuff i'll say splash i'm a little disappointed in you for the sole purpose of i was hoping that one of the things because everything was in a battle of 
I was really hoping that one of them was going to be in a battle of Emily Powerpress 2008 legends. Uh, uh, I, sadly, there's not enough players uh, that are active. In the historic. Well, the yeah, historic yeah, yeah, but there's, uh, yeah. it's hard. Like, I have to find ones that are, like, relatively close together, right? Like, I mentioned Maddox and Ryan's ERAs are, like, Maddox is a 3.16, Ryan is a 3.19. Uh, Clemente and Garrig are within five triples of each other. Jeter and Yount are like next to each other on the home run list among those with 3,000 hits. Bourne and Ellsbury are like four steals apart. Hoffman and Rivera are 0. 0.03 Cy Young Award shares apart. So it's just hard to find a pair. Sounds and like, like a lot of the like batting ones. to me, bro. <laughs> you're not wrong. But but then what's, oh, the yeah. fun in, what's the fun in me saying, all right, who has more home runs, Miguel Cabrera or Miguel Andujar? Like, so no, I think what you do at that point then is you take like, if, especially if you're gonna do an MLB Power Pros version of it, you take players that are known for being glitchy in the game, like say uh, Maglia or Donez, and you do the 2008 or 2007 season, Ooh. do okay. that, that one season, and then do like uh, homers between A powers in MLB Power Pros 2008 in 2000 in actual 2008. That could be fun. I think that could be that'd a, be like, interesting. Maglia. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, which I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I sometimes I, I wish I lived, you know, where I got MLB Power Pros for the Wii, but for some, I don't know why I never did. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you. I when I started doing this, when I started working with you guys on this podcast, never did I imagine that MLB Power Pros 2008 would become a regular theme on this show that oh, we that it, we it just, reference constantly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is back, backyard baseball was my game growing up and it still is. I mean, I still love backyard baseball. I don't get to play it as often because I don't have as much free time, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a fun time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, we, we did our backyard baseball jeopardy to uh, splash. I uh, struggled mightily with it. Uh, clearly let's, he did. let's never talk about it that again I yeah got, I, I got my dub in there too <laughs> all, all, all i'll say is i don't know if splash lived the same childhood as i did <laughs> no, i did play a little did bit you... of backyard baseball though I played it wasn't like i was like didn't play it at all but it was not my go-to baseball game as our draft ep- as our video game draft episode definitely showed that we've all played different games as max team included a lot of backyard people riot as like splashes took a lot from uh super mega baseball and mine took a lot yeah. from mario baseball <laughs> yeah well i i had a lot of uh backyard baseball and uh mario baseball and i also had uh i i had pepe alazar who's a mlb the show legend which is i mean yeah, to be I'm fair too, i yeah. have played i mean I'm assuming I will get MLB 22 when I finally get to go home. Uh, and I'm, that yeah. will, and that means I will have almost every MLB the show from 07 on. So, that's which is awesome. hard to believe. That's a, that's a really good like legacy right there. I don't, I didn't even buy the last one. <laughs> well, I will say, is, I mean, would I you think, guys be mad if I said I was playing it right now? <laughs> I mean, no, I, I respect that. I mean, the grind never stops for Diamond Dynasty, you know. Um, anyway, we're, we're coming down towards the end of the episode. Any other final thoughts before uh, we close things out? Uh, Kyle Wright is um, Jesus if Jesus played baseball. That's what I've concluded from today's performance. It, didn't, didn't you say that about Spencer Strider last week? Uh, yes. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I feel so. like Splash is getting called out now for being unoriginal. No, uh, see, the thing is with Strider, he has the killer mustache. Like the the mustache just like elevates his game. Kyle Wright has eleven strikeouts through six innings. Um, yeah. So I guess some score updates. The Giants dropped a absolute. Uh, the the uh, New York Giants are beating the Washington Redacted seven to zero. They scored a touchdown in the second inning. Uh, the Rays are beat lose our, uh, the Red Sox are beating the Rays. You know. The Astros are up 3-0 on the Blue Jays. <clears throat> the battle of genuine powerhouses in the National League Central. Pirates and Cubs. Pirates are leading. Exciting times all around, and I don't get to watch the Cardinals game. Well, I will say uh, I do give credit for, to the Pirates and the Cubs while neither team I, – I just look, I, I, I picked the Cubs to win the Central. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But I will say both teams do have reasons – to get excited about their future i think i mean 
I, especially, I mean, I've loved watching Seiya Suzuki uh, thus far. He's been up awesome. I also love how their closer this year is David Robertson, <laughs> just because I thought David Robertson was out of baseball, and now he's back, and he's the closer for the Cubs. Uh, so and, did you know that yeah. uh, Keegan Thompson is, like, the number one pitcher by war this season? That, yeah, Keegan Thompson's looked great thus far. I mean, that's – but I didn't expect him to be the leader in war. Um, yeah, Thompson's been good. Uh, Ethan Roberts, the righty, he's got crazy stuff. I mean, the Pirates also, I mean, I mean, Key Brian Hayes is really fun to watch. I mean, Yo- I love Yoshi Tsugo. I think Brian Reynolds is still good. The Pir- I think the Pirates and Cubs slowly but surely will make their way back to being – uh, the forces of the NL Central at, at Alex, some point. Do you have a Matt Brash propaganda? Yeah, Matt Brash is really fun to watch. Matt Brash way. is really good at baseball, and anyone who says otherwise is lying to themselves. Um, no, honestly, like I've been watching Matt Brash, and man, this guy's good. Like watching that slider move is like watching a razor. Like that thing just cuts in. I love it so much. Um, I think honestly, right. If he continues on a path right now, he's going to be on the same trajectory that we're seeing uh, from Logan Gilbert, who is taking also the next step I'm seeing so far. He's been pitching exceptionally well so far for Seattle to where Gilbert is looking like he could be an ace right alongside, you know, Robbie Ray. And that turns the Mariners pitching staff that a lot of people had a lot of questions about at the beginning of the season and especially going into last year. And now it's turning into a strength where imagine right now you have a rotation where um, you have Robbie Ray, who has done, I would say, okay, not amazing, but you know, good for the start of the season. Logan Gilbert has impressed a lot. Brad Brash has impressed a lot. Uh, Marco Gonzalez has actually pitched pretty darn well. Overall, yesterday was not his fault. That was from defense committing five billion errors, and it's like, and then on top of it, then you just have other guys filling in the rest of the spots. I mean, Flexen, baby. Yeah, Flexen, who again has not impressed me as much as he impressed me last year, but yeah, it'll happen. He's still he's still flexing. He's still doing pretty darn good. Like I actually I saw Flexen live against uh, the Astros, and. That was a bad game for Seattle. Justin Verlander looking at age 39. He was looking like he was at age 27. But man, that was a Justin Verlander. Seattle. Justin here. Verlander is back. I will say. He and he's he's ridiculous still. And I mean, Verlander and Scherzer, it feels like, are just oh, we, we could see those two match up because the Mets face the Astros later. Uh, in the year. And also I, uh, you mentioned the Astros and the Blue Jays are playing right now. I'm seeing those two teams play next weekend in Toronto. So definitely looking forward to that. It'll be my first game at the Rogers center. Uh, also nice. potential playoff matchup, I think. Also, so, I have a, I have some Canada facts for you. So Matt Brash is Canadian, right? So uh, naturally I, I go on baseball reference and go on the Canada page. And then I get really sad Mike Soroka has the four or the third best ERA by any Canadian that's thrown 200 innings. Um, so that's depressing that he hasn't pitched in almost two years now. Uh, also, uh, Russell Martin had four spotless innings in relief. Uh, Jordan Romano is second among all Canadian born pitchers with at least 100 innings in ERA. Uh, a guy by the name of the only Nolan had a, a sub three. Yes, the Are only we sure that's Nolan. real? Yes, that, that is a real player. I'm on baseball reference. It is the only Nolan. Uh, he had a sub three ERA uh, across 676 innings in the 1880s. Uh, Twins legend Jesse Crane, 3.05 ERA in 532 innings. Uh, Fergie Jenkins, he's chilling, Hall of Famer, 4,500 4, innings, 3.34 ERA. And then there's our friend Matt Brash, 3.38 ERA across 10 and two-thirds. Also, former U.S. Congressman Tip O'Neill, uh, 3.39 ERA across 300 innings. Rowan Wick, fantasy team legend, 3.43 ERA. James Paxton, Big Canada. I was about uh, to say, where's Paxton on that list? Yeah, on that Eric list. Gagne, he's chilling, 3.47. Cal Quantrill, 3.64. Rich Harden, Paul Quantrill. John Axford, Eric Bedard, Mariners legend. I was about to say Mariners legend. 
I did not know Eric Bedard was Canadian. So yeah. you learn something new every day. I mean, probably French Canadian. Um, I do have no. I do, I have a weird question Ottawa. for you. That's definitely probably shouldn't be answered at this point, but now I'm just curious at this point. Michael Our Saunders grade. is one of my favorites, uh, Canadian-born baseball players. Uh, I'm curious where he is on the list of hitting, like batting average wise. Okay, yeah, I but, can do that. Cool, but no, like it, it's weird. Like you really don't even think about you know base uh, Canada being like you know a baseball country, but there's been some amazing names that Joey uh, Bio, come from Canada. Yeah, Joey Votto, like, Justin, Justin Moore. No, you mean strikeout king Joey Votto? Oh, god, yeah, now, now he is. <laughs> it's uh, bad. Uh, Michael Saunders, a career 232 batting average, is 87th among Canadians. Uh, Jason former, Day, wait, is also he's a Canada. former all star. What, yes, yes, yeah. So, remember, wait, uh, <laughs> no, you know, remember, he no, had a no, he had a very good first half for the Blue Jays in 2016 and then had a took a complete nosedive in the second half and then. The next year, signed with the Phillies for a one-year deal and got released like a month into the contract. Ouch! I but feel yeah, so no, bad Michael for Saunders, I feel man. I feel so bad for Michael Saunders because he just kept getting injured, especially when yeah. he was riding high. Like I remember one time when he was playing with Seattle, there was he was playing right field and he was on a tear. Like he had like a stretch of ten games where he's batting like three sixty, something like that. Like he was on a massive roll robs a home run in right field and hits just weird enough on his shoulder. It's like uh, from it that he gets injured and he's out for like three months. And I'm like, dude, please stay healthy. You're really good at baseball. Okay. Uh, over under six more seasons until Vladdy becomes the most all-star gamed Canadian. What's the, what's the record? Record is six. He has one. Do you think he makes the next six all-star games? Probably. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you know yeah. who the most all-star gamed Canadian is? Joey Votto? Joey Votto is correct. He has six. Nice. Walker, five. Russell Whoa. Martin, Justin Morneau. Uh, 2006 American League MVP, Justin Morneau has four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mets legend, Jason Bay has three. Brewers legendary, Gagne has three. Hall of Famer Fergie Jenkins has three. Passport legend Ryan Dempster has two. Uh, Jeff Heath, two. Uh, George Selkirk, two. Jesse Crane, one. Jason Dixon, one. Uh, third base legend Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has one. John Hiller, one. Oscar Judd, one. Terry Poole, one. Paul Quantrill, not Cal, one. Claude Raymond, one. Goody Rosen, one. Michael Saunders, one. Atlanta Braves legend Mike Soroka won, and Jeff Zimmerman won. Wow. That's uh, brother I, of not, Jordan Zimmerman. I was going to say, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure Jeff Zimmerman is related to Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, and today I learned Jordan's. Oh, nope, not that Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, this Jordan, Jordan Zimmerman, Zimmerman is a Mariners pitcher that threw 12 games for them in 1999, not the national and died. Uh, died yeah, it's good. Okay. Tiger. I was going to say that's. As I say, I don't think Jordan Zimmerman, the national, is uh, Canadian. But I'll, before we wrap up, I wanted to point out about Michael Saunders. So, for since, since I guess you didn't realize it, but he, in the first half, he won the final vote. I remember I voted for him. He won the final vote for the All-Star game. He had a 923 OPS in the first half with 16 homers and 25 doubles. But in the second half, he only hit 178 with a 639 OPS. And then the next year, he was released by the Blue Jays in June and was picked up or by the Blue Jays again and hasn't played in the majors since that 2017 season. He also hit three homers in a game at Camden Yards in June 2016. So that's that. But anyways, uh, that is going to do it for our show tonight. I know we were kind of all over the place, but uh, th again, thank you, Splash, for coming up with the, the higher or lower concept. I'm sure we will do that at some point again this year. Uh, th throughout the season, we'll have all sorts of episodes, as, as you'll see. I mean, we can't just talk about recaps every week. There isn't always going to be another storyline. So I'm sure there's going to be weeks where not as much is happening. So that's that's it's a good, good thing you brought it up. But anyways, uh, thank you, of course, for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Splash at Mr. Splashman19. You can follow Alex at the Sports Guy 242. You can follow myself at Matthias underscore A underscore K. You can follow the baseball department account at baseball underscore OTH. They'll post basically every episode. And of course the chief seats chatter account at OTH underscore chief seats. 
Make sure to keep tuning in all season. The season is young, so we have over 20 more weeks left uh, to keep you guys entertained. I'm sure maybe occasionally we'll have multiple episodes a week. We'll see. Uh, Anyways, thank you all for listening. I hope to see you all real soon.